Some so-called wise man once said there are only two things for certain in this life, death and taxes. I, on the other hand, would only argue that one of those is true. You may have heard that everybody dies. Whether the richest king or the poorest pauper, you will die. Whether you believe the lies espounded by the clerics, fall hook, line, and sinker for the half-truths of the traveling medicine man, or perhaps you fancy listening to the wild ramblings of the half-crazed man who wanders the streets at dusk to only disappear with the coming of morning's light. There is likely nothing once you perish. Darkness. Emptiness. A void. A void that I refuse to travel. Many, many long years has my journey commenced. Many long years have I traveled these lands. Many years have I explored the crumbling tombs, the overflowing, stinking cities, lusting for whatever lost knowledge lies within. I have lived a long time, longer than most. My life extended by so-called sorcery, so-called black arts, so-called forbidden knowledge. However, like a merchant paying his yearly taxes, I feel my life stretched thin, a fine braided line starting to unravel. My mind is sharp as ever, yet my once pristine and wholesome body has become degenerative, fetid, and frail. My years, my decades of toil, of pain and suffering, of exploitation, of performing acts so dark, so horrific, what soul I may have once had has long been stained black. I have uncovered the truth of so-called unlife, the truth of so-called necromancy, words spat about by the few pathetic court wizards who look down upon a true sorcerer and call them a witch or a warlock. Those pathetic mortal fools know nothing of power. They will learn. I sit now, recording my accomplishments, my struggles, and the atrocities I have committed over the past decades. While I am certain all of my research and preparation is in order, a guide to those who wish to follow in my footsteps, who wish to obtain what the philosophers and scholars have said for thousands of years, they wish to join me in lichdom, in eternal life. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Role, the solo role-playing podcast where I, your host, player, and GM Hero Cities play role-playing games for your listening pleasure. In honor of Spooktober, we are going to take a break from our ongoing story following Nikora Sokolov and trying out a, what I would consider a perfect Halloween type of game, a solo RPG called Lichdom, created by Adrian Lopez San Juan. This game uses a deck of cards in order to discover the path taken by a sorcerer in order to become a lich. 
Now, this uses a standard 52-card deck, and you'll see as we play the game exactly how it works, but every card does something different. In fact, the majority, like well over 100 pages of the book, are devoted to each and every possible card and the scenario that arises from that card. And they can get pretty dark, pretty spooky, and we're going to keep it not X-rated, but potentially there's some more R-rated material that could crop up, body horror, sacrifices, you know, stuff like that. Anything that like a good Halloween slasher or horror flick might entail. So, viewer discretion is advised, but there should be no X-rated material, probably. The end goal of the game is to collect ace cards known as truths. These truths help you total a score based on a fair number, actually, of different criteria, which we'll see at the end, in order to attempt the lichdom ritual. And based upon whatever these numbers are that you roll, you're either successful or not. I haven't read much of the results because I want to keep them a surprise for myself. But the parts of the rule book I have read is quite well written. Not great organization, but very clear on the rules and really kind of unique in its depth as far as card drawing RPGs are concerned. I'm really quite excited for this one, and I hope y'all are too. So, without further ado, let's get into it. For any good story to end, it needs a beginning, and ours begins in the distant mists of time, far before any petty kingdoms or empires ruled the lands, long before our ancient ancestors rubbed sticks together to discover fire. The land, the seas, the sky, and the stars above were here, looking down upon this empty world, and they will continue to do so until the long-prophesized Great Devourer comes and wipes everything clean once again. Over time, civilizations formed from individuals banding together in order to find shelter, food, and security in a hostile world. These first civilizations created codes of law, traditions, and communities in which the very first sorcerers would be able to delve into secrets. Secrets that are long lost amongst these long-forgotten crumbling ruins. While often referenced as a great golden age in which science, invention, and arcane arts flourished across the world, this golden age extended only to the direct lands under the control of two powerful empires. These two empires constantly vied with one another, often engaging in devastating wars with neither really able to gain the upper hand. For centuries, these two titanic powerhouses clashed along their shifting borders, leaving hundreds of scattered ruins along these shifting borders. The powerful sorcerer kings who ruled these empires coveted the mines in this borderland region. The only place deep underground within networks of spiraling caves where crystalline is naturally formed. 
the sorcerer kings used crystalline to empower their sorceries. As the limited supply of crystalline began to dry out, these devastating wars transformed into something much darker. Wars of genocide, wars of absolute annihilation, where once these powerful sorcerer kings used their sorceries for good, they now used them in foul and twisted ways. Eventually, all these battles and struggles between the two great empires came to a head in a titanic clash over the last known crystalline cave. The battle raged on and on, a war of attrition, killing many and causing the deep, deep hatred between the two empires to foster into something vile as the atrocities these two committed against each other escalated over and over again. Eventually, one of the two sorcerer kings personally arrived on the battlefield with his own personally trained retinue of sorcerers. They descended into this mine and harnessing their collective might, consumed what remained of the crystalline in the cave, intending to summon some kind of destructive power against their enemies. However, something went wrong. Something got twisted during the casting of this mighty magic, and it wrenched open a hole in reality, a vortex to somewhere, another world, another existence, another reality, the afterlife, it is unknown. However, their bodies shriveled to husks, sucked dry like a plum left in the sun of all their essence, left a gaping hole where these creatures, called demons by some, still to this day crawl out and do battle with a collection of holy warriors known as Templars. However, when these demons first spilled forth from the void, they overran the world. They overran these two empires, both devastated by the catastrophic eruption of magic from this most powerful of arcane magic. At this point, the world was left in ashes. For millennia, these two powerful cultures dominated the landscape. These two powerful empires disappeared under a wave of violence and blood fueled by their own hubris. Luckily for civilization, organizations of warriors managed to push back the demons, who over time, once they fulfilled their lust for bloodshed, fell upon each other like starving dogs. Now, centuries later, after the catastrophe, Numerous small kingdoms have emerged from the cooling embers of the two dying empires. These two empires where sorcery bound them together. Sorcery kept everything working, and sorcery led to their downfall. No longer ruled by sorcerer kings, now nothing more than feudal lords and local strongmen dominate their societies. Where once sorcery was venerated, where the practitioners of the arcane arts were elevated and revered, they are now persecuted, blamed for the destruction of the old world, of the golden age that once was, for the horrors that now stalk the night, for the ashes that still fall from the sky. 
underground covens of witches and warlocks, as we are called, are rooted out with extreme prejudice. Burned at a stake, drawn and quartered, tortured to reveal our secrets. They say we have no place in this world. I spent my life aiming to prove them wrong. The persecution of sorcerers is led by none other than the followers of him. A foul and corrupted religion that was birthed out of the chaos of the cataclysm. The followers of him have no tolerance for the past beliefs that flourished throughout the empires. The followers of these old gods were tortured, burned at the stake, and mutilated as displays to him. In the last centuries, all traces of culture and belief that existed in the old world has been erased. Now the Templars, who uphold the word of him with cruel, divine justice. Made up of the firstborn from every household, the Templars are established in every kingdom, their numbers constantly depleted and replenished in the eternal war against the so-called demons of the void. It was into this decaying, decrepit world that I was born and would come to be known as Varrock the Imperishable, born the third son of an insignificant minor noble family, fallen on tough times. I had little in the way of a bright future outside of servitude to our liege lord. However, sometimes you get dealt a lucky hand, and as a young boy out hunting in the woods with my cousin, I stumbled upon a long, forgotten, and abandoned tomb by unceremoniously falling through the crumbling and decrepit roof. Within this tomb, I discovered a journal, a journal meticulously detailing the horrific deeds and the exact path this ancient long-dead sorcerer used to not only cultivate and expand his own powers of sorcery, but also his failed experiments trying to become immortal. This tome, lying inert for long-forgotten centuries, responded immediately to my touch, and I greedily devoured the knowledge within. By day and by night, I became more and more distant from my family. However, my early experiments, before I knew how to, restrain my power, and one dark and especially stormy evening, I succeeded in my first act of sorcery, starting off with various animals I had captured and experimented on and killed. I successfully was able to coax one of them back to life. Such a simple, trivial thing was my first great accomplishment my first successful harnessing of the power within the tome. However, this mindless horror broke free of my mental command. Its horrific, rotting carcass tore through our modest compound, slaughtered the few serfs we could afford to retain, entered into the chambers of my mother and stripped the flesh from her bones in an endless crazed hunger my older brother and my sisters tried to intervene and ended with ghastly wounds of their own 
The shrieks of pain and suffering made it all the way to my little hideout at the edge of the woods. At first, I felt horror and revulsion. However, that quickly morphed into curiosity about what went wrong. Did I mispronounce something? Was one of the ingredients not ground correctly? Perhaps an animal was the wrong decision to start experimenting on. These questions rattled around in my brain as my family were snuffed out of existence one by one until only my brother remained, my oldest brother, a member of the Templars, whom upon discovery of the accident branded me a heretic and ordered me to be captured. However, luck was on my side again, for this great storm covered my escape from the kingdom. Completely destitute, with nothing more than the clothes on my back and a tome in my hand, I spent years fleeing from my brother and the Templars, which he brought to try and track me down and bring me to so-called justice, sacrificed to him. Eventually, I was forced to cross the Red Wastes, a feat which, despite my growing powers in the arcane arts, almost killed me. Days without water, days without anything other than blowing red sand. The red wastes are scar across the landscape, exclusively inhabited by demons and twisted vegetation, which is extremely hostile to human life. On the other side of this horrific wasteland, I discovered a long-ago destroyed temple belonging to some long-forgotten and unimportant old religion. When the Templars of Him destroyed this place, they neglected to discover what I've come to call a dungeon hidden below the ruins of this temple. These dank, spider-filled corridors ended up being the perfect place for me to continue conducting my studies and experiments into the arcane. Over the decades, my power grew and grew to the point where I could potentially extend my life. However, that wasn't good enough for me. I needed something more. I needed something permanent. For a long time, I followed the teachings from the tome religiously fawned over them like some sort of sacred text belonging to one of the long-dead religions. However, it was flawed, a simple mistake which I have learned how to rectify. I have discovered the true method of achieving immortality. I have extended my life as long as I can, but this frail, fetid, and weak body is stretched too thin. Decades, more than a century of research has led me here, and still, I can feel the untapped potential, the research I can still do, the practicing of arcane. One lifetime is simply not enough. I need to extend mine into eternity. Yet throughout these countless years, my older brother, the firstborn, a Templar, continued his searching for me, his order vowing to find me. They are extremely persistent, and even now, his own adopted son continues his quest, ever probing, ever searching, 
ever following the trail of bodies I leave behind wherever I go. And with that, we've more or less completed character creation. There's no stats, there's no skills, there's nothing like that in this game. Basically, you have your deck of cards, draw a card, tell a story about a scenario, all while trying to balance your resolve, which is like your health, your spirit, your will to go through with your quest to become a lich, which starts at four, and we fail if it reaches zero. Then we have Doom. Each point of Doom limits our maximum resolve. Ergo, if we get four points of Doom, we're kind of in trouble. Doom represents things like a descent into madness, the furthering of some external threat, all kinds of stuff that can happen. So beyond that, there's challenges. Every challenge is 2d6. If you're successful, you get a plus one to resolve. And if you fail, you get a minus one to resolve. And there's other minor rules involved as well, but we'll dive into those as we come across them. My entire life can be summed up as a deck of cards. My long, unnaturally extended life is seemingly random, yet always interconnected. Shortly after, I discovered and established my lair which I called the temple, beneath the long-forgotten ruins of some large building venerating an ancient long-forgotten god. I began in earnest my long and difficult road to becoming an immortal being. First, fate would deal me a ten of diamonds. Naturally, due to my status as a heretic, as an outcast, As an evil practitioner of sorcery, I tried to keep my existence in the temple a secret. However, I still needed food and other supplies, so I was forced to venture to a small trading town. Merely an overnight stopover, owing its existence and insignificant prosperity to the fact it sits along the old road. A road that once moved the mighty armies of the empire, now serving as one of the few economic lifelines for the various scattered kingdoms and principalities that dot the landscape. At this stage, I was a young man, and, well, there was a tavern there. A decrepit old place with dirty tables, moldy food, and itchy women. However, at that point, a man had needs. And for me, who had been living for years out on the edge of civilization, out on the edge of the red wastes, I needed companionship and drink. My weakness of the flesh almost cost me everything. For at this establishment was a group of individuals, of volunteers for a local militia group, helping to fight back against the demonic incursions from the scattered bands of demons running rampant through the red wastes. They called themselves His Undying Light. They overheard me in my inebriated state, telling one of the innkeeper's more comely associates about my most recent research into a long-dead ancient philosopher. While not heretical, apparently one of their more zealot members decided I needed further questioning, interrogating as to where I got my information, 
and to my ultimate dismay, I never noticed their curiosity, and they followed me back to the temple. They discovered the entrance to my temple. They discovered me nursing a hangover and itchy undergarments, and they discovered my wrath. Unfortunately, they also discovered one of my projects, one of my pets I was working on, captured from the wastes, a small, imp-like winged devil, which seemed to have just enough intelligence to maybe train to do minor tasks for me around the temple. They took this creature, probably as evidence, against me. However, they failed to realize that once outside the wards of my lair, the imp's shrieking cries would draw the attention of its much larger friends. Torn apart, body parts everywhere, blood soaking into the already red sands, dyeing it yet another further shade of red. This band of foolish militia, the so-called undying, lay dead, dismembered, far too close to my lair for comfort, and my little imp, my minion, escaped back into the wastes, or perhaps torn apart. I care not. This annoyance at the incursion of my private area, the possibility that one of them escaped to spread word back to town, and the loss of my little helper set me back for a while as I devised more traps and other means of obfuscating my lair from prying eyes. As the year turned over, the King of Clubs, an arcane catastrophe, shook the world and my own resolve. The impending, creeping doom, inspired by these events, shook me to my very core, my own resolve decreasing slightly. Unfortunately for me, the imp who escaped my lair, the imp who I tried to bend to my will, who I tortured, who I inflicted pain to, had a master. This powerful demon, driven into a great rage at the maltreatment of his servant by me, took notice of me and came to visit. At this point, my powers were fledgling. I thought I was more powerful than I actually was. This great demon, powerful, full of hate and contempt, would come to dominate my life and enslave me for the next few years. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Guy, One Role as we explore the spooktobery universe of Lichdom, a very small indie solo RPG which I have been absolutely loving so far. Pretty unlucky with the first two card draws. I mean, pulling a king this early on, uh, kings basically are something terrible that happens towards you. And if you happen to pull two of them in a row, well, if that happens, you'll just have to wait and see what occurs. I'm trying to keep as much of the narrative in the world of lichdom instead of the more rules-focused and out-of-character nature of Nikora's story, for example. I think this kind of storytelling lends itself better to this game. At least, that's what I think. This ended up being a ton of world building during this episode. I had no idea that a couple of prompts with a couple of roles would lead into this dramatic level of storytelling. Great time making all of this stuff. World building's always been one of those things I really enjoy. And although it's fairly surface level stuff, 
that's going to give us a world that's fun and interesting to explore. With the way that the system works, it's not incredibly taxing, like trying to run an Iron Sworn Starforged episode, so hopefully I'll be able to get another one of these out next week. And who knows, maybe we'll even finish our story in two sessions. The game kind of self-paces itself, and I hope that y'all are enjoying listening to it as much as I am actually playing the game. That said, just everybody tuning in and listening to the podcast gives me all the support I need to continue to create content. However, if you wish to provide a little monetary support for the channel, help me upgrade the equipment, keep up with hosting, provide me with coffee, and all that stuff that goes into the background of recording and editing a podcast, I do have a Patreon over on patreon.com slash oneguyoneroll. If you are at all interested, please head on over and check it out. Your support is greatly appreciated, especially the members of the Solo Roleplaying Guild, including Master JL, Journeyman James, Journeyman Matt, Journeyman Nick, Apprentice Jesse, and Apprentice Sam. Thank you so much for your support, y'all. It means a lot to me, and this all really wouldn't be possible without your generous support. Thank you so much. As always, I've been your host, player, and GM Hero Cities, signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.